as a kid, I thought lots about my father. Sometimes I fantasized he was a dentist or an astronaut. And once, though I'll never admit it out loud, I wished he was white. Actually, I wished both my parents were white. White was beautiful. White was the color of my dolls and the models and families I saw on TV. Like shortening my name, a paler skin color and a rounder eye shape would have made my life so much easier. The world so much more accessible. That's a quote from Tokyo Ever After by Emiko Jean. This is YA Book Chat, and I'm your host, Leah Stuhler. Hey everybody, welcome to a very special bonus episode of YA Book Chat. Today, I'm going to be giving you a sneak peek into a brand new book. It's called Tokyo Ever After, and it is written by Amiko Jean. So come along with me today as we chat about this brand new work of YA contemporary fiction. All right, so let's get started. So today, it is just me here on YA Book Chat. Uh, No guest for me, but that's all right. I am going to be giving you a sneak peek into the brand new book, Tokyo Ever After, which will publish on May 18th. Now, because it is April and the book has not yet published, I promise you that my review for you today will be absolutely 100% spoiler free. I mean, I may do spoilers on this podcast, but the book hasn't even been published published yet, so I promise to keep it spoiler-free for you today. Before we dive in, I would just like to take a moment to say thank you to Claire at Flatiron Books for sending me an arc of Tokyo Ever After so that I can get a sneak peek of it and dive in. So let's get started. Tokyo Ever After is written by Emiko Jean, and she is the author of the psychological thriller Will Never Be Apart, as well as the YA fantasy that keeps you on your edge of your seat, Empress of All Seasons. Tokyo Ever After is Amiko Jean's third book, and you can think of it as kind of a crazy rich Asians meets the princess diary. It's the story about a young girl named Izumi Tanaka, and Izumi has never really felt like she fit in. It isn't easy being Japanese American in her small, mostly white, northern California town. Raised by a single mother, it's always been Izumi, or Izzy, because it's easier that way, and her mom against the world. But then Izzy discovers a clue to her previously unknown father's identity, and he's none other than the crown prince of Japan, which means outspoken, irreverent Izzy is literally a princess. In a whirlwind, Izzy travels to Japan to meet the father she never knew and discover the country she always dreamed of. But being a princess isn't all ball gowns and tiaras. There are conniving cousins, hungry press, a scowling but handsome bodyguard who just might be her soulmate, and thousands of years of traditions and customs to learn practically overnight. Izzy soon finds herself caught between worlds and between versions of herself, Back home, she was never American enough, and in Japan, she must prove she's Japanese enough. Will Izumi crumble under the weight of the crown, or will she live out her fairy tale happily ever after? So again, uh, if you're listening to that description and it sounds slightly familiar, it is kind of similar to The Princess Diaries. However, 
in my opinion, this version is way better than Mia Thermopolis's story. Um, so let's get into a little bit of my thoughts on the book. Just a reminder that, again, because this is a sneak peek and this book has not even been published yet as of this recording date, um, I promise to be spoiler-free today, all right? So overall, um, I really, really loved this book. Um, I... As you guys will know from listening to my podcast, I haven't really covered many contemporary books. Um, I've mostly done like fantasy and uh, I've just done some science fiction and I do dystopian. Um, so that's mostly kind of what I read, but I am starting to get more into contemporary reads uh, so I can cover some different material for you guys. And this was one of those. And um, I, I feel like it was such a great one to dive into for so many different reasons. Um, to start things off, our main character, Izumi, or Izzy, as she sometimes likes to be called, is Japanese-American. And so this book is from her perspective and about how she feels like she doesn't fit in being you know, in her California town, but she also feels like when she gets to Japan that she doesn't fit in there either because she's not Japanese enough, whereas in California, she feels like she's not white enough. Um, and so it was a very eye-opening perspective for me personally. Um, I am a white American woman, and so, um, you know, that's something I've never had to deal with. Um, I have, you know, Italian heritage, and it's something I've always been very proud of. Um, however, you know, my grandparents, when they were um, here, when they were living, you know, and raising my mom and her siblings, didn't, they wanted to assimilate into the culture. So they didn't, you know, continue speaking Italian or doing all of these different things. And that's something that I've always um, wished that they had that they hadn't done, that they had continued to speak Italian and uh, different things like that because I always felt like, you know, I missed out on some of that. Um, I have taught myself some Italian and, you know, I have been to Italy a couple of times to really discover my background and my culture and where my family comes from. And that's a really, really big deal to me, you know, to know who I am, where my family is from, um, and really feel a part of that culture. Um, even though I am also American. But I, I've never had the experience of feeling like Izumi does in this book. You know, I've never really had the experience of feeling like I don't fit in. And so, you know, to read this, um, again, it was just very eye-opening for me. It gave me a really different perspective. Um, it allowed me to step into somebody else's shoes and see what that feels like. And I'm really glad that it did because... Um, you know, again, being just, you know, your average everyday Caucasian American girl, um, you know, I haven't ever had that. And so I, I want to be able to understand other people's perspectives and where they're coming from. And um, so I'm really glad that I had the chance that this book did that for me. And I had the chance to kind of experience things through Izumi's eyes. Um, another thing that I really enjoyed about this book was just watching Izumi's self-discovery journey. Um, she just really goes, you know, from the beginning of the book to feeling confused and like she doesn't fit in in either place, whether it's in California or Japan, to by the end of the book, 
coming to some really big conclusions about herself and where she fits in and how she fits in. And her character just has a fantastic arc throughout this book. And it's a great um, just journey of self-discovery that she goes on. And being able to experience that along with her was just um, really thrilling. And it really pulls you in. Um, I really felt like I was experiencing all of these feelings and emotions that Izzy was going through. So, um, you know, I loved Amiko Jean's writing and the way that she is able to draw you in and really connect you to Izumi and what's going on with her. And I want to read you this quote from part of the book, and I promise it's not a spoiler, okay? Um, but this just kind of demonstrates what I'm talking about with Izzy trying to figure out where she fits in. Um, so let's see. It says, that's what happens when a Japanese-American returned to Japan. They bear the resemblance of the body they originated from, but they are different, askew, foreign. And that's the god-awful truth. I don't belong here. So much separates me from Japan. I'll never fully understand the customs, the culture, the rules. So, um, you know, when she goes to Japan, that's how Izumi feels. She feels like she doesn't fit in with all the customs and the culture because she hasn't been raised in it. She hasn't been uh, immersed in it since she was born. She doesn't know how to be a princess. And so, I mean, think about it. Can you imagine if you were into this situation um you know actually it's funny the first thing that comes to mind is Meghan Markle marrying Prince Harry um and I know that might sound weird because it's not um you know it doesn't have to do with her ethnicity although it kind of partially did later on but anyway so you know I watched the interview that they did with Oprah and it was interesting um because I remember somebody saying to me, you know, when all of this stuff was first happening, oh, well, Meghan Markle's a celebrity. She should be used to all this negative press and blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is, you know, watching her interview with Oprah and she was talking about how, yeah, she was an American celebrity. You know, she was a TV and movie star and that was the whole thing. But stepping into the role of being a duchess and in the royal family in England was a completely different atmosphere. There were totally different rules and expectations and customs and the way that she had to act. You know, she talked about how she knew that obviously when you're outside, you have to curtsy to the queen, but she didn't realize that even when they're inside in the Buckingham Palace or wherever they are, you know, at even just a family gathering and she walks into the room, she still has to curtsy to the queen. Um, so there's all these different, you know, expectations and customs and so much pressure to represent the family in a certain way. And so that's what uh, Izumi is feeling as well. I mean, I can't even imagine just being thrust into that world out of nowhere. It would just be insane. And so you can imagine kind of all of the emotions and feelings that Izumi is going through. One thing that is helpful to Izzy during this time when she goes to Japan is that one of her cousins ends up becoming pretty good friends with her and he takes her under his wing and really tries to help her out uh, because he can see that she's, you know, having a difficult time, whereas her twin cousin uh, girls are definitely very mean and nasty to her. They're jealous because she's getting all the spotlight and they just treat her harshly and very poorly. 
So it was nice to see that, you know, she at least kind of had one friend during this who kind of helps her along. Um, another aspect of this book that I really enjoyed was, of course, the love trope. Um, in this case, it's really fun because it's kind of like this forbidden love relationship. You know, she has a bodyguard who's assigned to her, and of course, he's ridiculously handsome. And um, he aggravates her at first, but then she's like, hmm, I don't know, maybe this could go somewhere. I love uh, Emiko Jean's description of Izzy's bodyguard when she first, like, really takes a good look at him and focuses. All right, I'm going to read this to you. I focus on his shoes, black and shiny, then move up. Dark suit, dark tie, then the face. He's younger than I thought, a couple years older than me, maybe, and... Oh my God, kill me now. He's even better up close. So good looking, it's borderline offensive. Lower pouty lip, hooded eyes, straight nose. I've been on permanent relationship hiatus since Forrest, but now I'm rethinking my anything with a penis ban. My mouth opens and closes. He's waiting, eyes cool and assessing. So uh, I just love that description. It's it's hilarious. First of all, um, the language that Amiko Jean uses is fantastic. I really love how well she gets into the t- young teenage girl's mind. Uh, I can totally remember being a teenage girl, even though, my word, it was a long time ago. Um, <laughs> but I can remember being a teenage girl and checking out these hot guys and thinking all those different things about them, you know? And um I really feel like Amiko Jean does a great job of capturing that spirit of a young teenage girl and how she thinks about guys. So um, it's it's a really lot of fun. But this, this relationship is great. Uh, it's fun to see how it develops because... You know, again, they don't like each other at first, and then it's only after a little while of spending all this time together that they start to develop feelings, but it's one of those forbidden loves, you know, like, she's the princess. She's not supposed to be with her bodyguard. That would be way below her. Um, So it's really fun, kind of little romance that happens there, and I'm not going to tell you what happens, and if they end up together or not, you'll have to read the book and find out for yourself. Another part of the book that I really enjoyed was the development of the relationship between Izumi and her father. Um, so, you know, she's a teenage girl. She's never met her father. Her mother had only told her that, uh, you know, she met her father when she was in college and they were partying and had a one-night stand and that that was it. Um, she did know, you know, her father was from Japan, but her mother most definitely did not tell her that her father was the crown prince of Japan. Um, so, you know, you can imagine finding out, number one, who your father is after never knowing them your entire life. And then number two, discovering that they're the crown prince of another country. I mean, that's a really big thing to deal with. Um, And so, you know, it's what's great about this is that the relationship between them when they first meet, it's, it's so realistic. You know, like I don't I don't like when I read books or watch movies, you know, and you have these two people who meet, you know, father and child who have never met before, and then all of a sudden they're like best friends. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm thinking about that, um, that Amanda Bynes movie. I don't remember the name of it, but she goes to England to meet her father, who's played by Colin Firth. And, you know, it's like they have this instant connection and hit it off right away. And it's not awkward, you know, it's this like really cool, amazing thing. Um, but, Really? Think about it. That is not reality by any means. 
So I love how Amiko Jean really makes this relationship realistic. When Izumi and her father first meet, it is so incredibly awkward. And, you know, they have a hard time figuring out what to talk about, how to relate to each other, you know, and, and how to develop this relationship. And um, and I just, I, I love it because, again, it's just very realistic. Their conversation is realistic. Um, and it really puts you in the room. Like, reading some of the scenes between them, I felt really awkward. Like, I was like, this is so uncomfortable comfortable right now um but in a good way you know so um it was great I and I enjoyed seeing where their relationship went from when they first meet to the end of the book and what kind of happens there and again not going to tell you what happens um but I encourage you so much to read and find out because it's it's a great development you know um like how Izumi has a really great character arc and a journey of self-discovery throughout the book part of that is this relationship with her father and figuring out how they're going to relate to each other if they're going to connect at all you know um is she ever really going to fit in does he really consider her his daughter you know how is that going to work does is she going to be accepted by him and then not only that but she also meets her grandparents her father's parents um and you know that's a lot a lot of pressure for her, you know, to see if her grandparents are going to accept her, especially because she is currently the only heir that her father has. And she's a girl. And traditionally, a male is supposed to inherit the role of the crown prince and the emperor. So, um, you know, it's a there's a lot of different dynamics that occur amongst these relationships, and it's really great to uh, read through that and see how that's all fleshed out. And again, also because you have um, Izumi's cousins who are in this, and just seeing those relationships as well, because again, she has the one cousin who kind of takes her under his wing but you've got her twin cousins too who just like seem to hate her and are horrible to her so there are um a lot of different relationship dynamics izzy fortunately has you know her best friends from home in california who are very supportive of her and she texts them while she's in japan and her mom as well who's that support system for her so they help her out a lot um and it's really great like I feel like if poor Izumi had not had that support system back in California, there's no way that she would have lasted in Japan at all. So it's just nice to see those relationships because you have all different varying types. You know, you've got her mom and her friends who are super supportive of her, this new developing relationship with her dad, her cousins who hate her, her cousin who's, you know, trying to help her, and then this bodyguard who she's kind of taking an interest in, but she's not really allowed to be with and date. So there is just so much that occurs and so many different relationships at different levels being explored. And again, it's just really very realistic, and I love that about this book. Another thing uh, that I really enjoyed, too, was just the language and the writing of Amiko Jean. Um, her writing really draws you in, and like I said before, it really makes you feel connected to Izumi. I love this one scene where uh, Izumi is talking with one of her friends and she says to her, don't you ever feel like you don't belong anywhere? Like you're two discordant halves living in one body. I'm not American enough. I'm not Japanese enough. I thought moving to another country and getting to know my father would make me whole, give me a way to stitch together those parts. 
a couple seconds tip by. Ah, I see. You're having the whole born a different race in white America existentialist dilemma. There's a name for it? Sure is. What's the antidote? My heart expands with this last little bit of hope. I'm not really sure there is a cure. Some things are just meant to be felt. So no easy answers? Sorry, I don't think so. We all have to figure out on our own who we are and where we fit in. I I just love that because, again, it's just, it's such beautiful writing and it's realistic and it pulls you in. And I mean, this is so true, right? Like there are no easy answers for these things. We And we all struggle with this in one way or another, whether it's because of, um, the race or culture that we're born into and we are, or for different reasons, uh, you know, like it's, it's something that we all struggle with, especially as teenagers. I mean, this is the time that it happens, right? So we all want to know who we are, where do we fit in? Um, and so, you know, Emiko Jean's writing, again, just really brings it out, really connects you to this character, really, um, I, you know, I feel like a lot of, not just Japanese American girls, but you know, girls um, from different cultures and countries who are here in America are are going to feel this, you know, Indian American, African American. I mean, so many different races and cultures this can be applicable for, you know. And again, even like white American teenagers who struggle with feeling, you know, wondering where they fit in. Do they fit in with the popular crowd or maybe they're in with the theater group. Maybe they're in with the math you know, the math crew, whoever it is, like trying to figure out who you are and where you fit in is one of the biggest things that we go through as teenagers. And I just love the way that Amiko Jean really brings that to life in this book. Uh, it's just, it's fantastic. And again, yeah, like she says, you know, there's, there's no easy answers and we all have to figure out on our own who we are and where we fit in. Just a couple of final thoughts about the book. So there are, as with any good book, you know, there are ups and downs that occur. There is also some betrayal that happens. So we see Izumi go through some really good and happy moments, but we also see heartbreak and really difficult times as well. Um, you know, the book just has a really great plot and storyline that you can follow and through the ups and downs like you would kind of expect. Um, and then again, you know, just one of the last things I want to mention is I just love how Izumi goes through all of this um, and just, you know, at the does and kind of end up with this revelation and figuring out, hmm, where am I going to go from here? What's going to happen next? Am I Japanese American? Am I a Japanese princess who should be in Japan? You know, she goes through so much in this book and then she does come to a kind of decision at the end. I'm not going to tell you what it is, of course, um, but she does and the book just has a really great conclusion and ending to it um, that is just fantastic. And then one final thought before I close out here for today. Um, I So, okay, I have never been to Japan. I have traveled to a few different countries, uh, but Japan is not one of them. And so I have really, like, 
no knowledge of what Japan looks like, okay? My extent of knowledge of what Japan looks and feels like is probably from The Karate Kid Part 2 where Daniel goes to Okinawa with Mr. Miyagi. Um, You know, so I, I don't really know much about Japan and what it's like other than what I've seen in some movies and on TV. But I really love uh, Emiko Jean's description of it. Um, not because she paints a really great picture of not just what it's like to be in the royal family there and what it's like, you know, as far as um, Izzy having to learn how to be a princess and all that comes with that and the royal duties and uh, expectations and whatnot. But she also really paints a great picture of what specific parts of Japan look like. There is a scene where Izumi is riding in a car uh, when she first gets there. And she's going through the city and different parts of Japan. And Amiko Jean's descriptions are just fantastic. Like, I just get this great visual in my head of what the scenery looks like. Um, and I just love it. So. so, those are my overall thoughts on the book. That's my sneak peek at Tokyo Ever After for you. Um, you know, just again, I absolutely love this book. I highly recommend it. It's a great story about a young Japanese-American girl who, while she's in her senior year of high school, discovers she's actually a princess from Japan. Um, it's a great story of self-discovery and the journey that we go on to figure out who we are and where we fit in. Um, you will laugh at different points. There's definitely lots of great comedic moments. Um, it's got a fantastic, fun uh, romance interest in it. And um, it's Izumi is a really fun character who you connect with really well. So um, there's so much that this story has to offer. And it's a fantastic read. So I hope that you will pick it up. Again, it is called Tokyo Ever After. It is written by Amiko Jean. And I will put links to the book where you can pre-order it in my show notes for today. So thanks for listening and we will chat again soon. Today's episode featured the book Tokyo Ever After by Amiko Jean. Thank you again to Claire at Flatiron Books for sending me an arc of this book and giving me the opportunity to read it and review it. Make sure to follow YA Book Chat on Instagram and don't forget to like and subscribe so that you can get your podcast as soon as the episodes are available. And have you checked out my Patreon? There is a lot to offer. Bonus episodes, blooper reels, uh, one-on-one, Zoom chats with me, so much going on. A free digital bookmark download every month. So be sure to hop on over to my Patreon, check it out. Why a Book Chat was created, hosted, and is edited by me, Leah Stuhler.